Super Talk Mississippi media production. Joining me now on the podcast, our old friend from AL.com, Michael Casagrande. He's been covering the Crimson Tide for a long time out there. We don't talk very often after an Alabama loss. And, and we, we were discussing this just a little bit before the before we, we we started up here. But how different is this week for you, you know, in the middle of a regular season? I guess this is two years in a row now, but it's just weird when, it, when we're talking about Alabama coming off of a loss. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we, we did talk last year the yeah. exact same scenario almost um, after Texas A&M beat Alabama and then uh, obviously Tennessee this past week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the the fan base here is they, they get they they get a little sideways when um when there's some adversity that's not necessarily the norm at this point. So, uh it's been it's been quite interesting. There I mean, there were some clear issues coming out of that game. Um some clear clear issues that have been an issues all season that that finally caught up to Alabama and um yeah i think there are people just trying to figure out what's uh what the right direction is what's the you know what's the best case scenario for the season oh i don't want to do the dynasty is dead talk because i don't believe that for one second but it does feel like this loss was different than last year i felt like last year with AM, there was a lot more of a fluky quality to that Whereas with this one, Tennessee's a really good football team, and that's usually the games Alabama is up for and ready to play, and they just didn't look ready to play, despite the fact that they scored 49 points. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because the structure of the, the way the loss went was very similar to what happened last year at A&M, where A&M took a 24-10 lead. Tennessee made it took a 28-10 lead. Alabama came back. Looked like they were in control. They took a touchdown lead. Looked like they were going to do what they normally do. And then Tennessee comes back, ties it, and then kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires. I mean, ex- almost exactly what happened at AM. So in that sense, it, it followed some similar patterns. But, yeah, I mean, the, the way Saban talked about, he said before the game, you could see that they didn't have the same fire. They weren't chanting, I guess, like they normally do in the locker room or coming out of the locker room. And Will Anderson said there might have been some anxiety um and entering that environment so yeah it's it's been an interesting two years i mean it was it was kind of same similar type of situations last year with this team on the road and the having the right mental approach to some of these games wasn't always there um and that's a departure for 2020 was that championship team was as mentally solid as any and you know dealing with tough circumstances um uh, with the COVID year so uh, it's it's an interesting study. I, I'd like to to get. I wish we could have the access to get deeper into what exactly is going on within the locker room. But um, it's an interesting dynamic. Well, for Alabama, Mississippi State has kind of been the salve that heals all wounds. The stat that was tweeted the other day that uh, non Iron Bowl losses for Alabama there have been ten regular season losses in the uh, the Saban era. Mississippi State has played Alabama after five of them. Obviously, they've lost all five. State hasn't scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa since 2014. Uh, they've only scored a total of 16 points in the last four meetings. What is and, and this is in that same time frame, Michael? Everybody else in the West has either beaten Alabama or played a close game with them in the last two years. What is it about Alabama and Mississippi State that makes it such a difficult matchup for Mississippi State? I don't know. I guess you could have said the same thing about Tennessee until uh, Saturday. So maybe who knows? Maybe this is the year, right? Um, Michael Casagrande going way out on a limb. We'll, we'll see if he gets to the sports book. I mean, who, who, yeah, no, yeah, I'm good on that. But uh, you know, I, I don't know the, the, the defense defensively. They seem to have always matched up well with this, with the air raid, with um, 
Mike Leach's offense. I don't think they haven't scored a touchdown since Mike no. Leach got there. No. Uh, shut out in 20 in a 9.3 field goal game a year ago. So I don't know if it's just the structure of the – it plays into Alabama's strengths. I guess I would have to get deeper into some X's and O's and get some uh, some somebody to break it down better than me. Um, they could explain if there's if there's a true matchup issue that, that kind of just plays right into Alabama's favor. Um, it's kind of the antithesis of LSU 2020. Um, but, yeah, I don't, you know, it's a good question. This particular Alabama team, I, I don't know what, what it is, but they, they seem mentally less sharp than any other Alabama team I've seen before. The penalties sort of speak for themselves, but they just seem to make mistakes, even in games they're winning, that you don't normally see Alabama teams. You know, you talk to Saban all the time. You talk, you talk to the players. Did you get the vibe that there's just something off about this particular Alabama team? I mean, I got the feeling that there was something a little bit off last year, to be honest. Um, and I, it, there was the impression, or at least the, the preseason, the the way they were talking, they felt like it, it was better, that they had found new leadership within the locker room, that it was a, a relatively young team last year, and this team is, is more experienced so it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of caught a lot of people off off guard that this was supposed to be last year was supposed to be the hiccup in a sense, and this was going to be the year that they have all, a lot of the the stars aligning in terms of Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, All American outside linebacker defense was going to have more experience. They were going to have fewer uh, of these breakdowns that that got them in Georgia, um, Texas A and M, and you know it they gave up the most points since 1907 on Saturday. So maybe Tennessee is just the greatest, you know, a lot of people are saying Tennessee has that 2019 LSU kind of feel with their offense. Um, and it is a outstanding offense. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking words right now. I don't know where I am, but yeah, it's uh there's a lot going on and it's a, it's a defense. It's, it's a team that, that needs to find where they are. Uh, I think this time last year, they were kind of, in the wilderness and they turn it around to the point where they beat Georgia pretty handily in that SEC championship game. So I guess they're kind of staying at a crossroad where you, you can go one way, you can go left or right. And uh, I guess we'll find out a little bit where that's headed on Saturday. The thing we've been saying about Mississippi state this week is that, you know, you don't expect to beat Alabama, obviously, but to be able to, to do like those other teams in the West, Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU and Auburn, even though they haven't beaten Alabama in the last two years, have played competitive games with Alabama. Do you look at this Mississippi State team and say that's a team that can take a game into the fourth quarter with Alabama? I'm going to be very honest with you, Brian, and say that I haven't done a whole lot of research on Mississippi State mm -hmm. at this point in the week. It's been so much of uh, the Tennessee uh, obituary uh, yeah. after effect of that. Um, I, I haven't seen just organically much of Mississippi State play this season, just through our schedule. So, um, But, I mean, they've got an experienced quarterback that's always – you know, there's usually a checklist of things that need to happen to beat Alabama, and having an experienced quarterback is one. I mean, Hendon Hooker is like 24, yeah, very experienced. So Will Rogers has got that. Um, if if they can if they can expose some of the weaknesses that that, that Tennessee did in the secondary, um, you know, nothing's impossible. We always ask. You know, we do this on our Friday uh, preview show, and we always I try to ask whenever we have our beat writer on from the other side. 
we, we do a thing called an X factor, a guy who, you know, in the game, he's not going to be the offensive player of the game. I'm not looking for Bryce Young or Jameer Gibbs, but who's somebody on this Alabama team that you could see making a big play in this game that, that could be a difference maker? <laughs> That's a great question because they're really, <laughs> other than Jameer Gibbs, I mean, that's part of the problem is there isn't that one guy. There isn't the Jamison Williams, the John Mechie uh, from a year ago who could be your home run hitter. Um, they've had different guys step up in different moments. But, the you know, if you look at the receiving numbers, they're all – they're like five guys packed together at the same level, you know, maybe 300 yards for the top receiver for this team, two seven games. So there's, there isn't that, that – Breakout guy. I mean, Cameron Latu, tight end, had some very big catches a week ago at Tennessee. Um, but they're not going to – he's not going to be like the guy who's going to overwhelm. You know, it, it, they don't have that receiver who's just going to blow your doors off. Um, and that's kind of the surprise. Uh, you know, the, there's the X factor of Tyler Harrell. Uh, that he's hasn't played all season. The uh, transfer from Louisville. Track speed, very, you know, average like almost 30 yards a catch last year. Hasn't played all season. Asked Saban about today, and it sounds like he's he could be available. He was available against Tennessee. So, you know, maybe Tyler Harrell. Um, he could be the guy that everyone's been waiting to see all season. Is there maybe a defensive guy that they, we should keep an eye on? Outside of Will Anderson, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other outside linebackers, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, if they can – they can get that sheet of package in where they have three outside linebackers, um, three guys standing up, uh, two on one side, one on the other. Uh, th- that was the only time they got where he got to Hooker on Saturday. Uh, they really abused Texas A&M. I think twelve quarterback hurries, a couple sacks. Um, so yeah, the, the outside linebacker group just as an in, as a collective. Um, you know, if, if you spend too much time on Will Anderson, they're two other guys, two other five-star recruits coming off the other edge. So we'll, we'll see know. what happens. Alabama, Mississippi State, Saturday night, Bryant and Denny Stadium. Mike, always appreciate your time, man. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.